हेलो एवरीवन दिस इज कथक का चक्कर माय नेम इज प्रमित एंड दिस प्लेस इज डिजाइन टू बी अ सेंट्रल प्लेटफॉर्म टू ब्रिंग कॉन्वर्सेशंस विद कथकर्स अक्रॉस द ग्लोब following is a conversation with prajakta raj prajakta tai is the founder director of arohini kathak dance academy and the director of arohini art welfare organization which is an which is a non-profit organization dedicated to the promotion of kathak and other dance forms she has she was trained for 14 years by guru roshan date and received advanced training from the late guru dr rohini bhate from 1996 to 2008 at the renowned nritya bharati kathak dance academy in pune besides completing the senior diploma course in nritya bharati she has also obtained a masters degree in kathak from the center for performing arts lalit kala kendra pune she has also proved her mettle as a able dancer since 1992 Presently she is working as a guru and examiner at the Lalit Kala Kendra of Pune University as a small contribution to the institution that made her a dancer she has been working as an honorary teacher and secretary at Nritya Bharati Kathak Dance Academy since 2006 a multifaceted personality her project also has a master's degree in French from Pune University and is a lecturer of French in this episode we discuss the importance of tradition what that word means to project that i we talk about how the chemistry between students shows up on the stage and how she works to improve that chemistry should we talk about how to make your wrists more fluid that's a question i had for her specifically we talk about the ever flowing way how tradition moves on we talk about her connection with her guru roshan date ji and rohini bhate ji we talk about her own studio space that she's been able to kind of save up all her life and kind and have built build it out the way she wanted to and how teaching makes you a better dancer and the kind of techniques she's implemented to make sure that she can cater to all kinds of students of different backgrounds of different skill levels and make them capable dancers so yeah i'm sure you'll enjoy this one and uh, just to get started project that i i noticed that you're sitting in your studio uh so just i just wanted to know what made you i think it's kind of for a lot of kathak teachers and practitioners it's a dream to have their own space and not everyone gets to get there also right so i guess for you what was what prompted you to get get your own studio what were the reasons you wanted one for yourself so i've been teaching for a lot many years 30 years and uh for any teacher it's always a big issue to look for a good place on rent where it is perfect you know the square or at least a rectangle it should be large enough there should be um, uh, an a good sound system and we should get it at the time we need hmm. and for all those hours that we need so a perfect place is uh, was very difficult and i i needed to change places because uh, they were always on rent and there was always this fear of when will i be asked to move oh move out so uh, for all my life i think i have been dreamed of a place and then i uh, finally got this studio i think two months back 
Okay, congratulations on that. And what a like, so when you were deciding your own place, you know, you talked about it being perfect. So what are the things that were non negotiable for you that you had to have in your space, a place you call your own? What were the things you had to have when you were kind of picking out a space and everything? So I, I needed at least a square or a rectangle mm -hmm. and uh, a plain space, which is not uh, uh, a plain space, a square, a rectangle. Then I made it into a wooden floor because we've had injuries before. But the place where I used to have classes earlier uh, had uh, ceramic uh, synthetic tiles. And most of my senior students have had injuries. So uh, earlier we put in a lot of money to get a wooden floor done there. Uh, and I think it was in 2014. And even back then, when I put in around uh, 3 lakh rupees into uh, the wooden floor, I had this fear all over the time when I will be asked to move out and you know it will go, go waste. So here in the studio, I have a good sound system, uh, good speakers. So when the musicians come in, it's not a chaos uh, because when all the sounds come in, it's completely chaotic with the gurus, with the footwork, with the, um, the musicians. We cannot hear the musicians. And then the musicians say, okay, take off your gurus. Uh, so to have a perfect space uh, in sound uh, acoustically, uh, plus the floor is good, and then I have soundproof windows here to avoid uh, sound going out and disturbing others, or sound coming in and disturbing us. Then I will have curtains put on so that I can have a video shoot done if I want to. Uh, this, this little space has been made in a way that the lights are put in two directions, in a way that it can be a stage for small performances that we do. Uh, solo performance is the first solo performance of a child of a, a student after third level. So uh, she can be right here, a solo or duet performance is an with uh, an audience of around 50 people, maybe 40 or 50 people. So her parents, her relatives, our students. So it will uh, be good for every student to perform here and the rates outside for the auditorium are so high. Uh, I think it will be a good opportunity and I will be able to do it anytime, however many times I want to do it. I can choose my own time, which is lovely. And uh, plus we have um, some carpets laid or we can have some chairs uh, brought in for the audiences and all that. Uh, so I have a sound system with mics, foot mics and the mics for the positions will be able to sit in one side. All of that. And we have a projector here. So many times for rehearsals, we need to refer to older videos uh, of choreographies that uh, we miss out on an action or two and we don't want to disturb that. So these, uh, I have a projector and a big screen where we can uh, together sit and or even enjoy videos, old videos which are not available outside. Mm, or on the net and uh, it's, it's a good part of learning and enjoyment. I have a big mirror uh, placed here. Uh, a mirror is absolutely necessary for the riyas. Uh, I think it, this space is good for anybody to do their riyas, whether they're doing their bachelor's or master's specializing in Kathak or whether they are re rehearsing for 
performances that there can be eight dancers at a time uh, from one angle you can make video shoots with around seven to eight dancers performing so, uh, i think i've tried to put in the most and the best in this kind of a space yes it is arohini so i get the same name uh, that i have given to my uh, institute my institute is arohini art welfare organization the name arohini for me means aroho is something that uh, goes pro progressive it is progressive it makes progress uh, it uh, ascends and arohini also has the words roshan ro my guru's name the my first guru's name roshan dateji and rohini my um, senior guru's name so i i believe these gurus who made me they should be with me all the time and i should get their blessings and so i take their name in my in the name of my studio understood and i think um, uh, i think you did a great job of explaining all the things all the possibilities in your studio from right right from choreographies to say solo performances yes i i i have tried to price out what a solo performance would have been for me and it's almost as much as my car so yeah they can get very expensive and especially with the auditorium so i think that's a great facility for your students to have as well and like since you mentioned your gurus i think it'd be a good thing to talk about the next thing which is like say when you're talking about the teachings and values that you've kind of gotten from them what and when you're teaching yourself what are the things you're looking to pass down to them as well pass down to them you mean the students yes in terms of uh, like lessons values repertoire whether that's teachings or like certain value systems so i have been uh, fortunate pramit to learn with some of the greatest gurus my first guru was guru roshan date who taught me for 14 years with a lot of love and uh, she put in this love this interest for dance and uh, she helped me love the dance and love myself while i was dancing and she took me to her guru guru rohini bhate ji and where uh, i did my masters under her uh, guidance and i was with her for the last in the last 12 years of her life so i think it was the peak of her uh, of what she wanted to give and i was with a few colleagues and i got the best so um, best i could get at my level now uh, being just being with these gurus is a lesson it in itself and so if you count it's 26 years of being with good people good gurus who themselves had a lifestyle full of discipline of uh, determination hard work and uh, couldn't have to preach they just practiced it that way and it was easy to take it from them so uh, while they talked while they walked when they behaved with other colleagues or with critics or with um, younger students like me it was always a lesson to take 
uh, values like uh, being punctual all the time, being ready before time, uh, preparing everything before time, studying well, being prepared for whatever seminars or whatever performances, not just going there and saying, oh, I'm not prepared and let me see what to do, but being prepared, uh, everything that you put up has to have uh, thoughtfully a beginning, a middle part and an end. There has to be a sequence. Uh, so everything in a discipline and the, the riyas, how important the riyas is, how important it is to be honest, how important it is to be simple and modest. Things like that are, uh, Roiniji, for example, said, each one should try to find out what he or she likes. Once you know what your liking is and you want to do something about it in your life, you devote your whole life to it. You give it everything possible. Make it your mission and live it to the best. She used to say, uh, first give in your 100% of your effort. Do your best. Only then do you have a right to pray. Pray for success. Things like that. There are several more that I can share. Um, like um, Roshan I used to say, uh, whenever you perform, whenever you are in practice also, just imagine there are thousands of people in front of you and practice with that feel, with that responsibility. The Riyas part, Rohini ji always said, karte uh, raho. That is what my gurus told me. What is That is what their gurus told them. So don't sit and think, oh, when am I going to be a good dancer? When, I, when will I get this? When will I get, get that? Just keep doing, keep practicing what you've learned and you will get there. Or uh, Rohiniji said, never aim for, um, you know, being amongst the crowd. There are, it's like a pyramid where at the beginner's level or at um, a mediocre level, there is a whole crowd of students, of performers, of um, all kinds of people in any kind of job. One has to try to get to the top with all the efforts that are necessary, with all the honesty. And one has to try to maintain that, uh, that level. She used to say, never lose the dignity in dance. The dignity of the dance is very important. She said, uh, once a dancer, always a dancer, whether you are on stage or off it. There are people who are looking up to you as a dancer, as a teacher. So one is responsible as a citizen, as somebody who is uh, encouraging other students or being an inspiration or influencing other people. So things like that. And uh, the way we saw her uh, being particular about things, never being aggressive, being soft-spoken, uh, trying to learn all the time with modesty, being ready for a performance well before time, warmed up, even if she knows that 
people are not keeping time things like that are values and life skills i think which helped me a lot and i think uh, since i have got so much in abundance i want it's my responsibility to pass it on just uh, teaching todas parents tatars is not the only thing and by the way rohini ji learned with two great gurus pandit uh, mohan rao kalyanpurkar ji and pandit lakshmi maharaj ji now she got the best of the lucknow and the jaipur gharanas but she herself added a lot to it she contributed a lot to it now she had so much to give many times her own contribution that is uh, many tals or karanas uh, or sargams you name it and she's done it the thematic compositions the group choreographies uh, she's written so many articles beautiful books uh, roshanta also writes books so all this is an inspiration to think of kathak as a sankirna kala which is linked to other arts and depends or takes from other arts or is combined with other arts so how uh, a dancer or a student of kathak automatically over the years learns to listen to music listen to the tabla listen to the lehra listen to the recital or even the tabla machine and how she listens to her own feet her every part of her body how she works on her hands her body her core her uh, torso and how she presents it with her eyes how she speaks to the audience how she communicates makes a link makes a bonding how she is aware of how she is standing up how she is moving around on the stage so all this makes any student of katha makes her person personality you know there is always a personality development and overall personality development and once you see anybody sees a dancer you don't know she is a dancer but you know quickly you know ah she is an artist she must be learning some kind of dance so that was a kind of thing we saw i saw for 26 years and uh, it was easy to just take it in all the time being with them and then uh, isn't it a responsibility to pass it on why just keep it with myself so i've been teaching for 30 years now and with the students when i'm teaching a toda i will give them what was roiniji's thought behind it or what was, what did roshita say about the hands she used to say okay look at your hands with love just See, Roshan, they said, "Look at your hands with love. Those are the only hands. Uh, uh, those are the hands that it's only you that possesses those. So they are wonderful. Look at them with love. So little things like that, which make the children, which make the students aware of their own body, like themselves, uh, work on their own bodies and themselves, helps them to meditate, go inside, think what they are doing, give it their best time." and so it helps an overall development a personality development and it creates i believe it creates uh, responsible citizens like i say um, 
whenever you're going out, look back and see what you've done for the place. Have you made it a better place? This is, this is one um, thing I say every time. So when you're going out of, I think, I believe when you're going out of this world and you look back, you should be happy at what you have done to the place, how much you have contributed and how happy you have been, how, how much you have added uh, in other people's life and how, uh, how much you've given back. So that is all that I have been trying for all these years. And I think it's working well. So, I guess one thing I did want to ask you is about tradition. Uh, and like when I say that word tradition, I'd like to know what it means to you and what ways it is important to you and why. Uh, Ramit, I'm someone who loves tradition. So, be it traditional clothes or traditional ways of celebrating festivals or traditional uh, decor, interiors, as you can see, uh, traditional dances. A tradition could be anything uh, like a concept, a festival, a value, a set of values, a method or a school of thought uh, or an art which has come down from generation to generation, uh, which has, which stood strong for all the time, which sometimes stopped and restarted, which has evolved, which, uh, changed with the passage of time, uh, with people contributing into it according to their own sensibilities, whichever artist, if we are talking about art, their own sen sensibilities, sometimes adding to its original glory, adding to its original richness uh, when these maestros join in to contribute and sometimes making uh, the art as well as the society a better and a more beautiful place to live in. So that, that is what makes it important for me personally. And uh, like I said earlier, I have received an abundance from my gurus, received it, not just the grammar, the content, the theory, the technique, the aesthetics of Katha, but also loads of positivity or philosophy, life skills, uh, the responsibility of giving back to society and all that. So it's easy to feel and understand how important it is to pass on, pass on the tradition from my gurus to my students. Uh, for me, it is important to uh, keep uh, the masterpieces of Guru, guru Rohiniji as they were, as authentic as she had thought of, she had conceived, she had choreographed, she had given the, uh, composed the music for, I think, I believe, I have no right to interfere, to meddle with any of her solo or group uh, choreographies or thematic compositions because it is her thought. If I am meddling with that, I'm not doing justice to her concept. So if I am presenting a tradition and saying it is Guru Rohiniji's, it better be completely Guru Rohiniji's. And I do my best to present whatever I have got exactly in the authentic way. But on the other hand, like she encouraged us, uh, when I'm doing my own choreographies, she encouraged us uh, saying that a tradition should always be flowing. It does keep changing. 
it should never be like a stagnant pond or a pool of water it should always be fluid like a river it should keep flowing one should try and keep adding to the source of the tradition so what she had was uh, she started this uh, guru purnima festival way back decades ago where uh, she never took any guru dakshina other than look at this thought now uh, for guru dakshina uh, the students who are now teachers who have learned with her for 10 or 15 years will compose something new mm. within the framework of kathak and will present that as the guru dakshina and the next day everybody would sit together and discuss what they liked what went out what didn't work wow this was wonderful and open talk which has been happening at nritya bharti at guru rohini's institute for all these decades and this year nritya bharti completes 75 years of its glorious existence so here rohini ji started and even after her this tradition continues so i i call this a tradition where the old is kept authentically safely like an antique wonderful piece and mm. new is created to go with the time it is absolutely necessary great masters have been doing it all the time molding it according to their own sensibilities and according to the uh, to the times the contemporary times that they are living and presenting in Hmm. Uh, uh, Rohini ji always said, before one starts to create something on his own, right. as a choreographer, he should be well versed with and should have thoroughly researched, mm-hmm. thoroughly studied the practical theory, and he should know his medium and the wide and vast scope. that it carries within itself within its framework and the innumerable possibilities of innovations and permutation combinations within the framework now i wrote this down because this is what she said hmm. that the co- scope of kathak is such such a big framework and the deeper you go the higher you reach in your thoughts and your presentations your theory your writings so she said a kathak dancer if she studies well she does not feel the need to go out of the framework mm. to create something new it is always there one is only borrowing from what people have already done or borrowing from nature it's always there nobody creates anything new you know i am the discoverer of this thing mm. i am the inventor of this thing so this this is one beautiful thought and uh, i think i i thought i should share this with you Hmm. So the tradition is still on, and I'm very proud to be and honored to be privileged to be part of this tradition. And I hope I'm trying my best to pass it on, and I hope it continues to enrich more and more lives. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great. I think yeah, I think you did a great job of framing that in the sense of defining what tradition is. where it stays the same where it differs and the example of the guru purnima to bring it up 
And you've, you know, you talked at length about what are the things you've learned from Rohinita and Roshantai that you're trying to pass on forward. Uh, to my next question, I'd like to know, like, you know, you've been taught a certain way and there are certain things you're passing on as you were taught. But I'd also like to know how are you teaching differently than how you were taught? Each teacher has their own style. There are certain things they do differently that makes them unique. I'd love to know how you're teaching differently than how you were taught based on the students you get and the, you know, the scenario you have. Uh, I think uh, I have, I have worked a lot from it on myself. So I know the difficulties. Uh, um, so every brilliant student cannot be a good teacher, may not be a good teacher. But when you have difficulties yourself, you know, and you have dealt with them, you know exactly how to solve them when you see them in your children. So, or your students. Uh, I, while teaching over the years, you realize that some technique that you give, it, give to the students is okay for most. But some people, some children do not grasp it, cannot take it, and there's something wrong. So, over the years, you develop technique of your own, and you know, okay, if it is taught this way, in this method, it is easily approachable and uh, the student gets it quickly without any delay and they know how to do it then. So I, um, I worked uh, incidentally on chakras. We have three feet, one, two, and three. Teen pair ke chakkar or you have two. And then I worked on the two pair or... Um, so I, I found a new technique myself and then I taught it to my students. I even shared it with Rohini and she said, isn't this difficult for the first level? So I said, uh, no, but my first levels are getting it. So she said, oh, that's wonderful. Do it. So she always encouraged uh, additions or a little change. And uh, I, so I work a lot on the wrist and the hand movements, the grace of the hands. And I have my found my own technique how to take up your hands how to do it how the wrist the kalai should be beautiful uh, how you lead your every single movement with the wrist in fact i shared it also with my colleagues who are teachers and who asked for it uh, very openly i shared how how i lead with the wrist and then the hand goes then the fingers i give exercises on how to make the hands more graceful how to open up uh, your hands, your fingers, every joint of the body. So I had a question on this. Yes. So into loosen up the wrist, have you found it's more beneficial to do exercises or do the movement again and again, or it's a mix of both kind of thing? So doing the move, focusing on the movement has been the main aim. Now, if the hands are really, really stiff, then a little exercise helps. Mm. And what exercise? Just... Uh, Holding every part of your finger where there is a joint, every part of the palm where there is a joint, every part of the wrist, the elbows, the armpits, the shoulders, and you move like a bird. And that's the exercise I say. I tell children when you're looking, when you're watching a cartoon, just keep doing this with your fingers together, thumbs closed, and you move your arms like a bird right from your armpits to the tips of your fingers you keep doing that 
or whenever I do a movement, I ask them to uh, make a circle out of the, like a fist, instead of a closed fist, you open up the fist and touch the thumb to the middle finger and then you start whatever movement. So make a circle out of the palm and then open, whenever your wrist reaches first, then you open the part, other parts of your palm. So that is how it makes the uh, hands more graceful, the kalai uh, more beautiful. And then the lines are, uh, Kathak is a matter of lines. Rohiniji always said, your backdrop is your canvas and you're drawing lines, you're drawing, you're designing, you're making curves, you're making uh, infinite lines on this canvas, which is your backdrop. So you be careful about what lines you're making, what design you're making. Uh, you be careful about your hands, the lines. So it was important, it is important, and I take a lot of time over the hands, over the lines, over the lines of the body, together with the hands. The body shift, weight shifting, uh, the torso, which is uh, everything that you move from the shoulder, the ribs, the chest, the back, uh, the backbone, and how you breathe in, you let go, uh, even in the Abhinaya or in the technical number, how you use your, the whole body, how you add your own feel to the same Toda. So uh, for me, every dancer, for example, there must be hundreds of children and students and dancers learning one thing. But when they are on stage, there may be eight or 10 people, you, everybody happens to just see one person, uh, the one who is doing it really well. Now, how do you do it well? How do you focus inside? So that is how I work on every person differently. There may be other people who cannot do it. And how do I manage that? So earlier, I used to think uh, the greater the challenge, I'm more excited. The, the more the children didn't understand, how do I do this tie? And then I have to sit back and think, okay, this way, no, I don't get it. This way, no, I don't get it. And then I make uh, my own techniques. I think it's really exciting to have those challenges. It makes me think, it makes me explore mm. uh, more and it helps me in my dance as a dancer. The more I change, I think, the more I get as a dancer, I know what I have to work on myself. Hmm. Okay, understood that, you know, you kind of, you've taken your teachings and you're going to make, you kind of make sure that people of all levels get it and I will understand it. Yeah, okay. and one more thing is, mm -hmm. uh, generally, my colleagues who teach, uh, at my level for 30 years, 25 years we've been teaching. Generally, at this stage, we've taught the first level so many years. The same syllabus, because the same for two hours, cannot change, the hands cannot change, the feet cannot change. So the base is always the same. It gets a little, uh, with age, I, uh, you can say maybe, or doing the same thing for 30 years or 40 years, one loses patience immediately. So <clears throat> many of my friends are now not dealing with the first level, but 
uh, until now, I haven't lost my patience and I'm happy about it. Uh, every child that comes to me, <clears throat> I take the foundation course myself, which takes around uh, one and a half, two months to three months. <clears throat> now, so before the first level begins, Rohiniji has made a kind of a foundation where the tapping of the feet, the moving of the arms, of the hand movements, the chakra, the basics are taught. And then we begin with the first soda. Uh, so that foundation part takes about two to three months, depending upon the potential and the grasping of each student. But uh, I make it a point that each and every student that comes to me, I get it done. And until it's done, we don't go to the first part. So I have a lot of help with my students, my senior students who help me out with the first level, second, third, whatever levels. But the first time anybody comes, the first two or three months is with me. That way, I think I can pass on my passion, my interest, my love for the dance. I can create that love, not that my students don't. But I want to have that connection with my students. I want to be with them. I want them to know what kind of discipline and love we share in this place. And once they know at that level that, yes, we go slow, we go steady, we go at the pace where until we get it right, we don't move away. So it's not a fast food center. It's a classical art uh, place. It's a school where we learn with discipline, with lots of love. So I think uh, that is what I may be doing differently. Uh, Yeah, one thing also is that I give uh, two weeks, at least two weeks of trial classes, which means any student that wants to enroll into the class gets, uh, she just starts off learning and gets two to three weeks or sometimes four weeks. Learn. Yeah, and then she writes down the date that she has started learning. If after two weeks, she thinks she likes it, she wants to join, she is enjoying it. And if I think, yes, she has a basic sense of rhythm, which I tell her in 10 minutes actually, then in, after two weeks, she enrolls, she takes admission and she pays for those two weeks too. But for some reason, if we don't go ahead, if we cannot continue with the class, she doesn't pay anything not a penny for those two weeks, for those four weeks. Sometimes I have had students from me who learned with me for six months. I tried my best because they loved the dance but they couldn't cope up. I didn't take a penny. So I think this is a win-win situation for the students. It takes a lot of my energy, but I like those challenges and I have been taking it up and I hope, pray to God that I Keep up with this energy to uh, so see when the children are young, they see their friends learning and they think, okay, I want to learn this. But they don't know what exactly it is, uh, what kind of dance. So it, it's fair to give them that chance. It's fair to give the parents a chance to see, oh, 
are the timings good for us is the distance good for us can we do this or not and most times than not it works so i think uh, these are little things that i do uh, one more thing that i think i do differently is uh, i try to have a good rapport with each and every student and if she is a younger student with their parents so um, once a child comes to me at 7 i've had them uh, in their schools colleges universities uh, jobs marriages they've had children and they're still with me so once a child comes to me i believe she is my child she is my responsibility and like one like a parent would have a rapport with her child i try to achieve that and most times it's easier than with your own children uh, especially in the teenage and uh, with the parents too so earlier i used to have parents who were older than me i sought their help i uh, spoke to them in meetings and i told them what difficulties there were on the rented space or with the um, whatever programs we were Uh, looking at planning the financial background and all of that i was always transparent uh, so i have a, a set of parents i have children and i have secret chambers in my heart where parents have confessed things uh, when their children are at the teenage and they would say rajatta she doesn't listen to us can you can you please tell her she will listen to you things like that and the child tells me okay can you tell my uh, just see i cannot get along with my mother and so i have these secret chambers nobody knows the parent doesn't know what the child has told me the child doesn't know so i'm kind of a counselor and uh, i i love having these kind of friends and family so later the parents were my age now the parents are of a younger age and i still see that great support and i'm happy i'm lucky i thank god for my stars and uh, with them it is a lot easier it's a lot enjoyable i keep the financial things transparent for example if there is a performance i we write down how much do we pay the musicians how much do we pay the auditorium how much will the um, a total estimate be and how can we um, create generate that kind of funds and then all the parents come in they pitch in they help me with the uh, donations one of the parents takes care of writing down the expenses the children or the senior students do with the help of some accountant parents some ca parents so you see when there's a transparency in the financial things i think it helps a lot and it has helped me a lot it has uh brought in a lot of bonding with the parents as well as the children and uh, i like to have it this way as a family also with the audiences i made it a point to have uh, a a certain level of uh, goodness in the performance a certain level of professional a performance even if it's an uh, if it's a 10 year old who a group a, a, a group of 10 year old students who's performing 
they will come in, they will perform, they will not look at each other, they will be prepared, they will do perfectly well and take the entries and exits on their places without, uh, you know, being um, bewildered, without looking at each other confidently. So right from that level. So there is one kind of level of performances that I have given all these years. And so I have a kind of audience which comes in, uh, you know, uh, generally classical dance performances, generally speaking, if you say it's six o'clock, people will start coming at 6.15, 6.20. Then the performance may start at 6.20 or 6.30. Uh, for me, I have always started the performance right on time. If I say six, regardless of whether the people have come in or not, uh, the curtains will open at six if I've said six. I write in my invite, please be seated 15 minutes uh, prior to the performance. Now, you are in America and you are used to these things. It's not easy uh, to train audiences uh, who are used to late performances. But right from my first performance, there were people, the audience were right there because I keep taking these meetings and let them know what we want to achieve. Simple things like keeping time. So the audience is also respect time. Now I have an audience right now, which if I send a message on WhatsApp, I have the full house. So uh, something that my gurus, uh, Roshan Tai or even Rohini Ji would have been proud of, to have a full audience at a calls away uh, uh, in even two or three days, to have a full house for a classical dance performance and people who are watching and learning, these are laymen, these are not uh, dancers, these are parents of their friends, and um, so I think I'm trying to think differently how to reach my guru's dance or my dance to an audience to create a good audience also. Then online classes was one thing different, not only to my gurus, but also to myself. I was running away from the computer because I hadn't made friends with it for all these years. But when I started, I tried to push it as much as, no, 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 let's not do it. Let's do it with videos. Let's do classes with videos during COVID. Uh, but then I knew that I, it didn't work so well with so many students. I just had to have online classes. I learned from my students, the seniors, uh, how to do the Zoom link and how to carry that out. And finally, uh, somehow it worked um, as a blessing in disguise. Some people could not join in online, those who didn't have the gadgets, didn't have the mobile, the children were at home, the parents were working, they didn't have uh, laptops. Or, uh, so those kind of students had to drop out, they will join now when the offline has started. But uh, on the other hand, I had students coming back, students who couldn't join, had discontinued because they had to go to America for their uh, future studies, somebody was in Ahmedabad, somebody got married in Indore or something, things like that. And somehow they are all got together and now we have the Saturday class where those senior students um, have uh, around two to three hours with me once a week 
and they have been learning throughout these uh, two years learning very beautifully i like to have them back to be reconnected also um, the number of um, grown ups learning which i didn't know before which i was not interested in has increased to i don't know how much and uh, i was really hesitant when i started who i really want to teach grown ups but then i heard um, their stories there were people who were advised dance as therapy for the trauma that they were going through the uh, loved ones that they had lost or some people who are going through injuries or some people who couldn't dance because their parents didn't allow when they were young now when i see uh, when i heard their stories i spoke to them personally and i got to know that dance can help people in such a great way then i started that online thing and it has worked out beautifully i'm so glad i did i have great people um, you know great humans nice people joining in from all over india from all over the world and it is beautiful to be connected to this thing so i i guess one thing i feel that's common between everything you said is patience whether that's building your audience finding different movements or having that connection with everyone or even being that counselor because that takes a lot of patience i feel so is and, and even including teaching like say the beginner batches or the first students that come to you so i wanted to know when it comes to patience is that something you've had inherently or that patience has built from the teacher you were 30 years ago to who you were now i just wanted to know your relationship with patience like patience was always there in fact my friends used to say uh, you know uh, how patiently do you teach when whenever you will have children you are going to say okay don't do this so patiently so it's not true i have uh, i have not been such a patient mother i guess but uh, yes patience comes in naturally and uh, it was easy it was not but with uh, i think with the growing age with the with doing the same thing over and over again sometimes i feel oh okay i should stop teaching the beginners and then with a little break here and there two weeks of not teaching and then i you know i get back it's beautiful because with the children with the children uh, it is uh, they the way they have energy they they have this uh, these shining eyes they want to learn everything they are curious they just come to you and uh, full of energy it is contagious you want to be that young you want to be that innocent again you want to be that charged and i think i learn a lot from them so going back to the first level children or the way uh, even the grown ups are now learning it is so innocent in a way uh, when uh, they just forget about everything the whole world they are trying to focus on what they are doing so uh, being patient 
and you know not comparing one to the other has helped a lot also i do for the senior level i uh, so i conduct these workshops uh, you know at the senior level when they have learned with me for 8 10 years there's a kind of bonding already so i take workshops outdoors at some place and uh, two three days of workshop where i you know we wake up early in the morning uh, i take them for jogging i used to be an athlete and i want them to know what kind of exercises are good for your body whether you are a dancer or not just to keep it so i take them for jogging and then i show them the exercises the stretching then we have breakfast then from 9 to 12 30 we do something rigorous they learn something new uh, technical part where there's a lot of taal and you know chakras and where the whole energy the morning fresh energy is used lunch post lunch they learn something about abhinaya the expression the expressive part then we have uh, you know, afternoon tea and after that we have we watch videos of rohini ji which are not on the um, on the web or on the website or uh, online or uh, our old performances where we get nostalgic you know what happened that time and you know the group performances and uh, at night again we keep watching those and after two or three days we have really Uh, learned a lot of dance plus other things like exercises and um, also watching those films have a lot of bonding that bonding i think pramit bonding amongst the students in a group is very important so i did that even for the online when many people are learning online at one time it is difficult to correct everybody with all that lag at each person's uh, end so i made groups hmm here people come they clap and they will uh, you know offline they will hug each other they will uh, hey listen listen we do this but online nothing happens nobody sees each other okay keep your videos or mics on mute and then the children cannot talk they cannot give out their name so what i made is groups of 5 5 where they connect to each other apart from the classes so they get things ready they talk to each other and we gave them exercises okay uh, find out from each other what they like what their hobbies are or, or what other things they learn i yeah so outside class they meet online and then we had sessions like these where you tell about the other person in the group what she shared about her life so uh, i think that thing uh, bonding between the students having good relationships uh, of the students amongst themselves works the chemistry shows on stage pramit whatever chemistry between the group amongst the students shows on stage so i think it's important so i um, work a lot on that too i have sleepovers i have sleepovers at home you know uh, with students all over the place and not, not a big number though you know eight or 10 people at a time and yeah. and when we don't dance kathak we chat we, because now they are all grown up they are 25 they are 30 years old and they have so much to share they've been um, abroad they've been at other places they've been on jobs and 
so this is how i think bonding helps hmm understood so yeah i think that that's a very interesting thing about bonding outside class and being able to connect and i thank i i, I think uh, kudos to you for making that happen usually students try to do that outside their own but you providing that platform makes it much easier and since you talked about say going abroad or going to different places that kind of brings me to my next topic in terms of say you know you've toured a lot as a performer i think and sometimes things aren't clear as to what the logistics are you know you since you're continuously going out putting yourself out there investing in yourself so if you can take us through the background of like what are the logistics of touring what are people not aware of because they probably just say ceo you performed here in this country you performed in france amazing great but if you can take us to the background of what actually goes through what people don't know about a touring performer what are the logistics behind it very curious about your thoughts on that uh so uh, roshan tai my guru ji she always said if you uh, if you don't get an opportunity create one so for years uh, i waited for my chance to be uh, you know to go abroad with my guru but there was a there is always an a hierarchy my uh, guru ji rohini ji was almost 50 years older there were older seniors who performed so well that it was difficult uh, for me to be in the group so uh, me and my colleagues together uh, four of us we decided let's go on a tour let's make it happen so we wrote to people we said okay let this be an investment so at that time this was in 2004 we put in 60000 rupees each which was a big amount and we said let's just go Uh, let's write to people let's just go and uh, let's get whatever money we can whatever uh, is reimbursed and if not this is an investment so uh, we wrote to one of our friends who is rohini ji's uh, student disciple a, a german uh, lady carolyn and she helped us with uh, performances organizing performances in germany she took care of everything she is a gem of a person so we went to germany i knew people uh, in england and i wrote to one of them she organized everything in germany so finally i think in a 28 day uh, or 29 day tour we gave 28 performances and workshops little workshops and like leg dems and all that and so one day out of that was uh, was a was a a day with the girl guides and girl scouts uh, in england where we had uh, you know 45 minutes of small workshops um, where we performed first for 10 15 minutes and then we took a workshop of uh, 45 minutes you know <laughs> so we count that because each time we performed and we taught different people then the next batch came in so i think we had on that day we had eight such groups uh, so i we count that also because we did work a lot and uh, so we loved it pramith we put in 60000 each many times um, it was in a church or something and you know just one euro of uh, ticket people we didn't say what amount they should pay sometimes we asked for a, a hat collection after the performance 
you watch us if you feel uh, please put into the hat and that helped a lot so at the end of the tour um, we each got 40000 back out of the 6000 so 20000 each was out of our pockets and we said oh this is an investment the next time we go we are going to get performances it was obvious that people loved it so next time we go we are going to get we never went back next time uh, one of them went to australia the other one went to europe or me i went to the us we didn't go together each time we go it's an investment uh, if you go in a group it's always an investment you never get back what you put in unless i think you really reach uh, the maestro level maybe probably the great masters maybe Uh, being paid well for all the life uh, of hard work that they put in, and they must get they deserve that. But at my level, maybe thirty and forty years of learning has uh, still not is still not enough, and uh, I'm ready and prepared to work more. But in my last tour, when I went alone to the US uh, in 2018, I did get back uh, all the expenses, and I saved a lot. and that helped me uh, put that some money inside uh, the making of the studio so yes performances help but the touring what people may think um, when you perform what i like about this these tours are that you make i have made a lot of friends forever friends who become family friends who bond for life in fact when we went to uh, england there was a, and i spoke to people when i went alone to england again i spoke to people that i want to make this space and um, so they helped me with whatever little they could but i kept in contact and there was this 80 year old lady market uh, who came who uh, incidentally had done a lot of good work social work and she was the recipient of uh, the Brit- uh, the award of the member of british embassy uh, empire and she came back she used to come to india for all these years and she came back when she was 80 or just before she was 80 and she said i'm coming here for the last time and i want to see you i will never come back so uh, so she visited the places in india that she was linked to and the first thing she asked me was have you been able to do the studio yet so i said uh, no i haven't the money is never enough but i am saving so she said all my love and i know i know it's going to happen okay so uh, the moment the studio was done i tried reaching her i wrote her an email because i couldn't get through uh, i want her to know that people like her who have helped me are inside the studio their love is inside the studio so with that um, foreign tour i have had many friends like these who are well wishers who been with me and bonded for all my life so that is what i have earned more than the financial uh, thing i think okay and it still stands important when Uh, you think of such a huge amount even a little amount that i get from the foreign tours mm-hmm. it helps hmm 
Yeah, I think um, that uh, I mean, first of all, thanks for being very honest with the finances and like what is profitable and not. But I think uh, what I'm suspecting is like your experience is probably the norm. And that's the reason why a lot of even active performers have teaching as something they do, because that's kind of what generates an income for them at the end of the day. Right. And so, and I guess, yeah, I, I, I'm looking at my topic list and we're coming to our last topic and because we've covered pretty much everything else here. So when it co comes to say your achievements and stuff like beyond financial, I'd love to know, like, since you've kind of been touring so much and you've, you've been performance has been such an active part. I'd love to know some anecdotes from your performances, which have been your most memorable ones and just sharing some stories from there, I guess. Uh, we used to go to Delhi, Pramit, mm -hmm. uh, almost every year when Guru Rohiniji lived and uh, she was always invited for all of those uh, national performances organized by Kathak Kedra or Sangeet Natak Academy or all those esteemed institutes. And we had a chance to go either as dancers or just accompanying her. And I remember one of those so these performances would be followed by an open kind of talk, open session with the dancer. So Rohini ji uh, would attend to critics, press people, uh, students uh, from all over, uh, performers who had come from all over India. And um, she was asked about the earlier evening's performance, questions, and it used to be a question and answer session. And sometimes, uh, you know, uh, a little demonstration needed. So somebody in the audience asked, uh, how and at what point of time do you start teaching the offbeat to the students? So um, she started answering and she said, uh, oh, at the very basic level, right from the first level, I start teaching. So how do you teach? Okay, so she said, okay, one of these girls, we were sitting on stage in the wings, um, on stage where people could see us, but at, at one side, and she looked at us and she waved out and she said, one of these girls will show you what we do at the second level uh, in the art guru. It's a tatkar, diga diga, and there I teach them the uh, offbeat. And she looked at us and she said, one of us, uh, one of you get up and please uh, demonstrate. And all of us froze. All of us who were there on stage were absolutely in good riyas. Like we say, a riyazi. We had riyazi bodies. We had been riyazi. But that particular tatkar of the second level still froze us, you know, after all these years because that is one particular tatkar which doesn't need, need a lot of memorization. It's easy, simple to remember. But if you don't keep it in practice, you cannot dance it. It needs a lot of stamina and uh, it's a tapping of full feet. It's, you don't use the uh, uh, heel, so the full foot and uh, in the Ardhun speed. So nobody moved. And two or three times, Rohiniji looked at us, uh, yeah, come on. See, she gave a gesture, she made a gesture, come on. And she kept uh, talking about what it is. She spoke to the audience while one of us got mentally prepared. But no one moved. And then Roshan Tai also, my guru, was also there. Now she had a right on me, so she didn't say it to anybody else. She said, Prajakta, get up. And <laughs> I jumped. 
and I stood there before I knew it, and I stood there. Once I started, I thought uh, it's a long satkar where you show the first and ninth beat, then you show the first five nine. You know, you it progresses. So I thought I'm not sure whether I'll be able to keep up. You know, the whole stamina for the whole satkar. So let's not do the first one. It's not that important because the offbeat comes later, anyways, and nobody will know. Okay, so uh, nobody will know there was, you know, a gap or something. And I started with great being an athlete. I knew I am not going to leave the race midway. I'm going to continue with a smile on my face, and finally it went off well. Then Rohiniji went on to other questions, another hour and a half maybe of, of the session. And then it was over. Everybody had forgotten about uh, the tatkar and all. And we came out of the auditorium and we sat in a car, Roshan, Tai, Rohiniji and myself and one or two more. And the first thing Rohiniji said was, Aaj tumaji lazra please. Which means... Uh, I don't know how to translate that, but today you have safeguarded my honor or my reputation, maybe. And it, it, it just filled my heart with so much satisfaction. And she said, I know it's not an easy takkar. And I was so scared how you would go through it. And I was Tensed all the time whether you can reach up till the end. But you did it with so much ease. It was wonderful. It was as if you could do it twice. You did it with so much ease. And then while I was trying to get, you know, I, I was beginning to feel a little, you know, proud about, wow, what an achievement. She quickly said, now just tell me why you missed out the first prakar. Why you didn't do the first uh, variation? And then I said, sorry, Tai, I thought I wouldn't be able to reach the end. But this is one performance, which this is one anecdote, one kissa, which is so dear to my heart. Whenever I feel low, I think, let's work hard. Let's not give up. Let's continue. Let's make her proud. So that helps me a lot. And one or two um, things that, so there is one Ardhanari Nateshwar Stotra uh, that Guru Rolniji had choreographed and it was a duet uh, with my friend Sarvari and myself who specifically made for a duet in Khajuraho. Uh, so when I went to America, the first time in 2018, uh, there was this performance in St. Louis and uh, I was there since the morning. I was really tired by the end of the day uh, with uh, a competition, judging of a competition and something else and the performance. So I was trying to leave a little early before the last performance. And people in the audience who knew me by then, they said, no, no, don't leave. There's a boy who performs uh, in the next group, who performs really well. You should see him. And then I, okay, I said, I waited for the performance. Now, this was Khalil uh, Alasha from uh, Bahrain, who was performing with Tachi Dikshitji's troupe, and he did really well. He did really well. And I uh, wait, watched him, and I went backstage and told him, uh, he did very well. I liked the performance. And he said, 
oh i was so excited when i knew that you were coming here and i would be able to watch you so i said i was i was confused i said maybe he is mistaken me for somebody else and he said no no tai i have watched your ardhanari nateshwar stotra and i love it and i had um, seen i have seen many of your videos and i was really surprised a boy who is young maybe 25 26 years old from bahrain who studies alums in america and who has seen my video because me not being very uh, used to the media and all this world I, I, we didn't even know the video was up for all these years you know it it has some 4 lakh views uh, i didn't know about it so i was really surprised and it, it encouraged me i felt really happy that somebody has seen the video and remembers the same thing happened when i went into north carolina and there was um, there, there was arunji um, in kerry who is a, a great appreciator who must be around 10 15 years older than me and who appreciates all sorts of classical dances and encourages dancers and he quickly said um, it's so good to see you in person i watched all your videos and i asked him uh, arunji honestly do people really watch and he said you have no idea i have seen all of your videos which is so encouraging from me there was another lady from indore who is a, a, a big name there i don't know if she would like me to uh, take her name but she told me that every morning like a puja i watch that uh, uh, ardhanari nateshwar stotra and i watch pandit uh, rajendra gangani ji's uh, something some dance so for me it's like puja so which is i think um, so beautiful and the last i would like to share is um, there was a british lady part of the uh, girl guides association who was a leader um, uh, must be over 50 55 years old that time she watched a performance my solo here in india and the next day uh, we had to meet and she told me your performance was so beautiful i called up my family and i was trying to tell them how beautiful how um inspiring it was and i said to them she has uh, she has eyes so powerful she could stop a galloping horse she could stop a stampede with her eyes i think it was very very beautiful and i like to remember that uh, and get a lot of inspiration with that thanks for sharing all those anecdotes tai um and yeah i think um, with that kind of going back on everything we discussed i really like the you know the measured way you kind of tell your stories the passion with which you say it and i'm definitely going to try out the rest exercises that you told me i think that will be useful for me and yeah thank you for, thanks again for coming on this was really fun thank you thank you pramit thank you very much it was nice sharing thank you for making me comfortable i don't consider myself a good speaker i consider myself a good learner and i have things that i have learned from you too
थैंक यू थैंक यू फॉर हैविंग मी हाँ थैंक यू नमस्ते